Hey dolls, before we jump into this episode on surviving motherhood abuse and marriage, I am so excited to let you know that today is the last day for you to jump into my Lean in 30 workout program. This is going to be with a group of women with my workouts, my favorite workouts that I put together in a program that you can take to the gym with full video instruction on how to lean out your body, how to work out the right way to work your legs, your booty, your abs, your core, and some hit. Also, you'll be with me each week to just talk about obstacles and how we can really dial in our weight training. All the topics that you want to talk about will be in our Zooms every single week. So you're accountable to that and you will have full accountability with me. I'm so excited about this program. I'm This is a relaunch of the Lean in 30. So don't miss your chance. Today is your last day. Get in. The link is in the show notes and I hope to see you on the inside. Enjoy the episode. Welcome to Addicted to the Climb. I am your host, Kelly Tyen. As a faith-fueled health and transformation coach, author, and breast cancer survivor, my mission is to provide you with the wisdom, the tools, and all the success tips that I've learned along my own journey in health, fitness, faith, and personal development. Plus, you'll hear some incredible and inspiring conversations that will motivate you and empower you to keep on climbing no matter what you're going through. Let's buckle up to start a brand new climb together and start showing up differently as we work our way to the top. Right now, this is your time to take in all the positivity and all the blessings that God has for you. So let's get started. Hey dolls, happy Monday. I hope everyone is doing great. Welcome to a new episode of Addicted to the Climb. And today we are going to climb in our motherhood, being mamas. Where are all my mamas out there? I hope you ladies are listening, taking some notes today because sometimes mamas just need love. And my guest today is going to bring us some love, some inspiration of how she stays on the climb in her own motherhood, because it can be a struggle. We know that. So let me introduce you to my guest. Her name is Shannon Early. She is a homeschooling mom of four, a self-proclaimed Jesus freak. Amen. Love that. She's been married to her bestie for 12 years, is a special needs mom and a survivor of abuse, but she also happens to be the hostess of the Mamas Need Love podcast. Mamas Need Love too, and Shannon has created a place where she wants you to know you can let your hair down, take a breath, and just relax in the fact that you are not alone on this journey that we call motherhood. We all have our mistakes, our victories, our stories, and ladies, she wants to share those with you. I am so excited to have you today, Shannon. So welcome to Addicted to the Climb. Thank you for having me. I'm super pumped. This is going to be great. It is. So before we ju jump into your story, I'd, I love asking some fun, fast questions. Yeah. First is always, are you tea or coffee? Ooh, coffee all the way. 
as much as I can every day. Yes. Really? Yes. How many cups? Well, I start the day with two and then around 3 p.m. I have about two more. And then okay. sometimes at six, I might have another. <laughs> wow. Okay. Yeah. Have, I'm a coffee girl. You're yeah. a coffee girl. So I can't do the caffeine after three, but I do like <sighs> an afternoon cup. I know. I wish I could because it is, I love coffee and I just drink it black, but I can't do any caffeine like that or else I'm up all night. And who wants That's to my husband? That's oh. my husband. I just feel like I need constant energy because my children bless their hearts just suck it right out so <laughs> oh don't they ever that's that's yeah. oh boy well okay what about are you reading any special books right now or do you have a favorite you can share with us mm, that's a really good question i'm reading a book right now that i this old woman who i cut her hair she gave it to me to read and it's about stopping negative thoughts but i don't remember like who wrote it i don't know the name the main title of it but i'm reading it right now Okay. Well, that's amazing because that sounds like an incredible book. You'll have to let me know the name of it because we talk about negative thoughts all throughout this podcast, how to help each other break the cycle of that. We can even touch upon that in our conversation. So stay tuned. (laughs) What about a favorite Bible verse? Ooh, yes. Okay. So as far as the Psalms go, like there's no place better to go in the Bible than the Psalms. If you're looking for something that's just awesome and a home run. So the whole Psalm 139 is my jam, but my salvation verse is Psalm 40, one through four. And I memorized it. Should I tell you what it says? Yes, definitely. Okay. It says, I waited patiently for the Lord. He turned to me and heard my cry. He lifted me from the muck and mire and placed me on a new place. He put me on a firm place to stand. He put a new song in my mouth, a song of praise to the Lord. So that's my salvation. Okay. That was the end. Okay. I thought it was, I was, I was like getting all cozy, like listening to (laughs) (laughs) and thank you, Jesus. I love it. I love it. I do love the Psalms too. They are so beautiful and so peaceful. And then you go over to Proverbs and how much do I I love the Proverbs. It's so much of life's lessons. People always Mm -hmm. say, I don't know how to do this, or I can't do this. I'm just go to Proverbs. God Mm -hmm. tells you exactly how to live your life how to find your purpose, the whole nine yards. It's in yeah, the And it's crazy because it's written, you know, thousands of years ago, but it I still know. applies today. Like yeah. God is just so cool that way. It, isn't he? It's so relevant to, mm-hmm. to today in every single way. The Bible. Yeah. Love it. Love it. Love it. <laughs> um, okay. So let's jump right in because I want to know who Shannon is and how you got to be a podcaster, why you chose to podcast. Take us on a little bit of your journey, what you've been through. Sure. So I wasn't always a Christian. Uh, Back in the day, I was, you know, raised in a family. My dad was a Marine. My mom's Italian. She's from the Northeast. So she's very opinionated and sassy. And um, so I just grew up in this family where things, you know, had to run pretty tight. I'm the oldest of four. You know, you had to have things clean and whatever. Uh, but there was never, uh, I mean, do you want me to share like my whole testimony? Cause, or should I just try to do the quick stuff? I would love it. If you think, so this is all about be keeping people addicted to climbing higher. We all Mm -hmm. go through life's trials. And if you've Mm -hmm. been through something, I would love to share your trial, your testimony and how you came out of it. That would be beautiful. All right. 
All right. Well, then, ladies and gentlemen, this is a trigger warning for all of you. Or maybe, you know, turn it off of speaker, put it in your ears. Um, So when I was 13 years old, there was a boy that was like 18 and a half. And he would wait for me at the bus stop every day, most days, to sexually abuse me. And this happened for a long time. And I felt like I couldn't tell my mom and dad, even though I'm sure they would have helped me as a teenager and a kid, you just get nervous and what, and besides you're already having somebody abuse you. So your whole mental, you know, makeup is just messed up at that time. So it is typical for women that have been in an abusive situation, whether it's physical, sexual, or emotional to choose to keep repeating that path. It stinks. It's just what we do. Um, so when I was 19, I ended up meeting a guy and, um, he had, he was a bodybuilder. He was super strong. He was a Marine and I thought he was so handsome. And I thought this guy is so tough that he would be able to protect me from anything that was going on. And at this time, I'm still not a Christian and I didn't know it, but this guy was going to be the physically abusive person in my life. And I'm still missing a tooth because of him, which honestly, like I've gotten over so much of it and I've forgiven him, but me not having a tooth just really upsets me. You know, my kids are like, mom, what, where's your, why isn't your grown up tooth growing in? Just things like, anyways, it bothers me. Sorry. I digress. Mm. So, oh, that's okay. But wait, Shannon, but when you were 19, were yeah. when did the abuse from when you were 13 stop? Oh yeah. That went on. Thank you for asking. So it was from when I was 13 through 15 and then it stopped for a year and then 17 through 18. So it was just continual. And actually I was still being stalked by this abuser, this sexual abuser, um, when I met the bodybuilder. And so that's why I was thinking he could help me. Mm. And at the time, like, I just didn't know my worth. I didn't have an, um, a sense of identity in Jesus. I didn't know like how important he thought I was and knowing that now helps me make better decisions. But anyways, um, so he was physically abusive, but he was also the first Christian I ever came across. He would tell me he's a Christian. We moved in together. He would come home from work, read the Bible, and then immediately get high. And then he would beat me. And it would go on like that for most nights. And with an abusive relationship, there's always going to be a cycle where there's the burst, which is generally the abuse in whatever way. Then there's this period of makeup time where they're like super sweet and gentle and caring. And then all of a sudden it starts tick, 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 ticking again. And then there's the boom. And so just a cycle like that. But anyways, um, abusive people really like to take you away from your family and friends. They really like to have full control over you. And that is what ended up happening. Um, it got to the point where I couldn't go to the bathroom without the door being open. I had to, when I went to the grocery store, he had, you know, certain times that I had to be home by. And if there was a long line or whatever, then I would be in a lot of trouble. And I was really lonely. And I cried to him one day that I felt so sad and alone. And he let me go buy a dog. This dog, she was a mini schnauzer, loved her. I got her as a puppy. Her name was Molly Bear. And the problem though, was that he started using Molly Bear against me. So he would kick her instead of hitting me in order to keep me in line. And so we had this walk-in closet and back then we didn't have smartphones. Uh, so when you didn't have, you know, your phone with you, there was not really a lot to do, but I would hide in this walk-in closet with my dog whenever he was in a temper. 
And then this one day I just decided, like I was scooching back and I hit into the hanging shoe shelf thing and a Bible popped out. I was like, what? Like, I didn't know. I didn't have Bible. I don't know where the Bible came from. I don't remember the Bible being in my house. And again, like I hadn't read the Bible and this Bible pops out and I was like, well, I mean, I've got nothing else to do. Like I might as well kill some time and read the Bible. So I opened up the Bible and the first page that I cracked it open to, I read for the first time in my life about Jesus walking on water. And it was like an electric, like a lightning bolt went from the top of my head through my toes. And I thought to myself, if Jesus, if you guys reread that passage, Jesus is not walking on calm, placid waters. It's a storm. And he's walking through the storm to get to his terrified disciples. And he then calms the seas with his hands. And I thought if there's this person that can do this, if this Jesus can save his disciples and go through a stormy seas and control the weather with his hands, then he can save me. And so I prayed right then and there. I said, Lord or Jesus, I don't remember how I started it, but I said, if you save me from this situation, I will follow you for the rest of my life. And I later learned that's called a foxhole conversion. It's something that like people in war might do like, oh, if you save me, I'll follow you. Um, and through miraculous intervention, I was taken away from that house. The very next day, um, after I made the prayer, I come home early from work. I'm still with the abusive guy. I haven't gotten out yet, but I already made the prayer. And I come home and he's in the kitchen and I come home early and he's smoking crack. And it scared me to death. I thought if he's smoking crack, he's going to kill me. Like he's going to kill me. And so I called my parents and I said, I need help. I need you to please get me out of here. And my ex got an invitation to go to another state to go visit his cousin. And for the first time in two years, he would be leaving my side and he would be hours away. And so my dad was a U.S. Marshal and he was off that day. Like I'm telling you, everything was divine. He was off that day, even though he was a workaholic. He had also just gotten a brand new pickup truck. So him and his partners and all these other people come and they emptied my apartment from soup to nuts in four hours. And I get to my parents' house and they set me up in a bedroom and in a bed and I fell asleep and I slept for 24 hours straight. Like I just slept. And when I woke up, I felt so different. I felt, I just knew that it was Jesus. Like there was no other way I could possibly explain the way that I got out, the way that I was able to ask for help, the way people surrounded me. The only thing I could say was that it was God. And so I, I've been following him since then. And it's, I'm thankful for that because I think that when it talks about, we need Jesus to save us and we need salvation. And, you know, he pulls us out of, you know, protects us from hell. It's like, I'm so thankful that I have been through that. I have been through hell so that I can see what it really means to be saved by him. And I think that if people have a perfect life, that's gotta be so much harder to really understand the need for Jesus. Does that make any sense? It makes complete sense. I mean, first of all, I have tears in my eyes about your story. <laughs> I am like blown away because I really didn't expect this. I know you've been through abuse. I didn't realize the depths of it and mm -hmm. how Jesus came into your life. And I was just reading in Matthew actually two days ago that one, and I don't remember the verse, 
Jesus isn't here for the healthy. He is here for the sick. And, and, and that's what he said. He said, I'm he, because they were, the tax collectors were there and the, the Romans and whoever the, the, the priests were saying, why are you talking to these people? They're mm. not, and Jesus said, I'm not here to heal the healthy. I'm here to heal the sick. And he, oh, I love that He's literal, so isn't it? And he means it in a, in a mental state not just physical. He was talking about healing them from trauma, healing them from past awful tribulation that they've been through and healing them in all kinds of ways. So, wow, that is unbelievable. And, and another, it really is because yesterday was Sunday and I was listening to child, Dr. Charles Stanley. Oh yeah. His sermon was all about what you're, what you went through and really, yes. And how God didn't come for us to go through life. Perfect and cute and no trials. He came to help us get through our pain mm. and walk with him because when our faith is tested, endurance grows and that's mm. you, girlfriend. Look at what mm. you've been through. I mean, it's mm. it's incredible. And, you know, I, I'm just blown away <laughs> at, at what you've been through and how you got out of it. Okay, so you slept for 24 hours. Mm. You woke up. You knew things were different. Yep. You felt God as a presence in your life, yes. not just somebody in heaven far away. Right. You, and, and that's amazing. And I think if anybody right now is listening and maybe they don't know much about God or they don't even know what we're talking about, maybe it's time for you to just open up your Bible and get a mm-hmm. word from him and let him do the talking to you. Mm-hmm. So first tip, open up the Bible. And right, if, right. Yes. And if you're a Christian already, you know that what we're talking about. Exactly. If you're looking for answers, go deeper because right. he will give you the answers. But so Shannon, God bless you, girl. And so you got out of that and did you mm-hmm. stay out? So fast forward now yep. to how you stayed out of that. And yeah. then you took a chance on meeting another man, which is your husband. I'm yeah. sure that was a scary moment of trust because yeah. how, how did you, you know, talk to the women out there that might be going through a struggle right now, or maybe they're in a bad relationship. Mm-hmm. How did you gain your trust back to trust another male figure in your life? Well, that's a good question. I had, when I became a Christian, I was like, I'm going to do everything Christian. I'm going to listen to Christian radio. I'm only going to be around like the church, Christian people. Like I'm just going to surround myself with all of this so I can really learn everything. Mm-hmm. And one day somebody said something about, um, you know, you can ask God for things you want to, it's okay. Like, it's okay if he says no, but you can still ask him, mm-hmm. you know, he's your heavenly father. And so I thought, well, I guess I could ask him to send me a husband of his choosing, you know? And so I ended up praying. I was like, God, um, first I made, you know, you got to think about all the red flags first. And so I ended up making a list of the kind of husband I wanted. And number one was patience. Number two was that he loved his family. And number three was that he was a Christian. Um, Number four was sense of humor. And God, after that prayer, like no joke, I feel like people are going to be like, this is not true, but I'm telling you guys, he sent my husband to me seven days later 
And I didn't know it at the time. I meet this guy at work. I'm at this brand new job. And this guy is to fix my computer. And he looks like just so nice. I remember the first time I saw him, I looked up from my desk and the way the lights were, it looked like he had a halo behind his head. And I remember thinking that was really odd. And um, he was so nice and we became friends. And it turns out the whole time he actually was trying to date me. And I just thought we were friends, uh, which is great. God knew I needed somebody that would you know, slowly grow on me and not somebody that was super intense and pushy. And, um, and yeah, my husband is patient to a fault. Like he just just does not get mad at the kids or anything, which is frustrating sometimes, but he's so patient. And, um, yeah. So the thing is I trusted God to get me out of the situation he got me out of. Mm. And I then said that I was going to follow him the rest of my life. Hey, real quick, you know I love sharing my favorite products with you. If I could get everyone on this liquid collagen, it is a game changer. I have been using it for almost two years. It is by Modere. I do have a coupon code with a link that I will drop in the show notes, but you take one tablespoon a day and I'm telling you, it works. My hair is shinier. It's growing so fast. My skin feels hydrated from the inside out. My joints feel better, which helps me in my workouts. And I just can't say enough about this product. It's easy. It tastes great. And it boosts your collagen with the hyaluronic acid that is in this complex. So if you want more info, head over to the show notes. The link is there. Let me know if you have any questions, but it is called Liquid BioCell. And there is so much science behind this product that I swear by it. It is amazing. I can't say enough about it. Go check it out and I'll see you soon. I had to trust that God would send me the person that I, that was for me. And I just, there was a lot of problems. Like, you know, my husband for the first couple of years, couldn't come up behind me to touch my shoulders, you know, or loud noises. You know, I still have anxiety. I I have PTSD. Like I still live with a lot of the, um, hurt that was done to me, but my husband and the Lord have just, you know, really tended my heart and they've, you know, softened it and they've made me more gentle and loving and, Anyways, if you are in an abusive relationship, um, I'm, I'm so sorry. And that is one of the reasons that I made my podcast called Mamas Need Love. Because girls, you need to understand how important you are. You need to understand that you are a daughter of the king, that the Lord created you. He knew you before you were even born. He knows the words that are on your mind before you even speak them. He knows what you're going to say. And you know what? He knows that you have morning breath and that you can be really grumpy and that you, you're a sinner and he still chooses to love you. He loves you. And it is so important that you know that I didn't know that. And I think that that is what allowed me to be treated so poorly for such a long time. Cause I had no idea. I had no idea. So I made this podcast so I could let women know you are important, you know? Absolutely. And, and, you know, I'm listening to you though, you recognize and you're, you are aware of what you went through, but you're Mm -hmm. trusting in God for the rest Mm -hmm. because what, what is there to worry about? I mean, I know if people, I know, like you said, you still have the PTSD, but Mm -hmm. when you fully can put your trust in the Lord, or when you're Mm -hmm. having a weak moment, you just say, you know what, I'm just going to trust you today just Mm -hmm. to get me through this day. 
Mm-hmm. That's where you can find your peace to get through that day. And 100%. 100%. And so I'm sure it's been a whole healing process for you. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I'm just, again, I'm, I'm just going to be praying for you because it does, it can creep up into those, mm-hmm. into your mind. And let's mm-hmm. talk about that because we talked about it for a minute mm-hmm. in the beginning of this show, but mm-hmm. the mindset in our mind can play tricks on us. And the devil wants to come in and tell us lies all the time. Yes, he does. Right. So how do you combat that? Do you go into prayer? You know, when the devil's coming in and saying, Shannon, you're low and not worthy, right? Whatever he's telling you about what you've been through, what is your methods? How do you get through those rough moments? Because I'm sure they start to tear you up. Oh, for sure. Like, you know, the best way to get through it is to pray scripture over yourself. If you are hearing words that you're ugly or you're not worthy or you're, you know, whatever it is, you're fat, whatever the thing is, Mm. you need to look at, well, what does God actually say about me? And then you start realizing, whoa, this is the devil who is putting these lies in me. Like, have you ever gotten dressed, let's say to go out on a date with your husband and you feel really good. And then you look at yourself in the mirror and you hate what you look like Mm. and you feel like you look stupid or frumpy or fat or whatever. That's, that's awful. God doesn't want you feeling like that. You know, that's just the devil, just tearing you down, just tearing you down. And it's not like every time it happens, I'm able to save myself. You know, I mean, that's a trick. You can't save yourself. Anyways, it's not like every time I'm really good at getting out of it, but when I can pray about it and I talk to the Lord about it, you, you will get this, this feeling of, um, this like softening, Like if you actually go to the Lord and you say like, I feel so ugly right now. Um, I feel like I'm so worthless right now. You know, please help me, please help me. You'll feel this sense of peace come over you. I promise. I I mean, do you, you, I'm sure you've done that. A hundred percent. And uh, 100 times that happens to me. I mean, Mm -hmm. I'm just like everybody else. I mean, we go through these things, but I love what you said about, I love, I wrote it down, praying scripture over yourself and saying, what does God say about me? If you're picking yourself apart, if you're, you know, talking to yourself ugly, mm-hmm. maybe stop and go to your phone and just say, what does God say about loving me or look up a Bible verse and let that penetrate into your heart in that moment to help take you out of that circumstance because it can get ugly. And I (laughs) work with a lot of women on a daily basis that have the negative. They have the replay going in their head over and over and Mm -hmm. over about the lies the devil tells them. And until Mm -hmm. we take action and control and do something, it's going, it's never going to change. Mm-hmm. So I love, you know, finding a scripture that lights you up, that t- you're a child of the Royal King. And mm-hmm. that's, that's all you need to know. Nothing that's else so matters. Right. right? right. And I think too, like, sometimes it's like, would you say that to anybody else? Like the way that we talk to ourselves, would you ever say that to someone you love? And the you answer know? is always no, we wouldn't. Right. You would never be like you fat loser. Right. (laughs) Exactly. We're always like, you know, I always say to my clients, even, would you say that to your daughter? I mean, honestly, Mm -hmm. look at your little child who's seven or nine or 13. Mm -hmm. Would you tell her she has 
cellulite and she's not worthy and she's fat or whatever that you're saying to yourself? No. So why do we do it to ourselves? It has to be stopped and we have to work on it. Every day the devil is alive and active. So don't think it's ever going to stop because until the devil's gone, it's not going to stop. It's up to us to work on it and put a stop to it. Right. hundred percent. Yes. I love it. Well, I want to jump into you having four kids at this point. How old are your kids? And tell us about that. Right now they are four, six, eight, and 10. I get like really prideful when they're two years apart. I'm like, (laughs) they're they're two years apart. Anyways, um, they're four, six, eight, and 10. My 10 year old and my eight year old both have autism. They're both high functioning, but it doesn't mean that it's, you know, super easy. And then my four-year-old has this genetic disorder and he has to get injections every night um, since he was two. And so our life is bananas. I'm also a homeschooling mom. So like right now they're outside of my door fighting with swords, um, <laughs> but our house is kind of bananas. Um, but yeah, I have four kids. I prayed for each and every one of them. And God is just so awesome that he let me be a mom. You know, I get to basically do everything. I get to fill them up with Jesus. You know, like that's what I get to do. I get to like build up their identity and who G- Jesus thinks they are. And um, I love that. I love seeing who they're becoming. I love me too. Isn't it? So you have such a joy as a mom when Mm -hmm. you are fueling them every day with Jesus. Mm -hmm. And so my son is 15. My daughter's 22. And it is, it's amazing to see the fruits of how your children actually evolve. You know, Mm -hmm. if you're bringing them up and don't worry, ladies, if you haven't ever talked to your children about Jesus, today's a new day. You can start today because whatever you're going through, whatever your child is going through, once you let Jesus in, it will be better. It really will. And you'll see it. You know, you don't have, I always say, I don't, I'm not a holy roller in my house. Like I'm not pushing and mm-hmm. preaching to my kids. I think there's a way as moms that we have to be careful of how we bring up our children in the Lord. And I think the most important thing for me personally, and I've been really reflecting on this a lot, Shannon, is I just want to be an example to my kids. Yes. You know, and that's what it is. I'm not like, Tony, you, God says, you don't do that. You know, I'm not ever pointing at him and, and telling about his wrongful doings. I really just want to be an example because I'm a wreck too. I mean, I'm a mom, I'm a mess. I scream, yell, swear, right, right. wrong things. We're not perfect. And I think our kids see that. I think a lot of moms, and I'm going to be real right now, and you can shut me off if you don't like this, but (laughs) a lot of moms, not you, Shannon, maybe somebody else, but a lot of moms try to be all prim and proper and perfect. And well, this is how it's supposed to be. And, um, you know, they try to have their children like soldiers doing all the right Mm -hmm. things. Let them fail teach them. It's all about being an example to your children and letting them be them, not trying to mold them into what you want them to be. Let them be them and grow them up in the Lord and pray over them. And, oh, I could go on and on, but I know you how do I agree with what you're saying? Listen, no, a hundred percent. God made them individually for a reason. You know, I think the thing is sometimes women or parents, they just, they can't separate what is child behavior and like, what is 
disobedient behavior. And sometimes kids are just goofy and messy and wild. And it doesn't mean that they're being bad. You know what I'm saying? And I think that's the thing. You got to let your kids, you know, live. (laughs) Right. One time. Exactly. And you don't want them to be you. You want them to be them the way, like unique in God, we're all unique. And so for you as a busy mom, with, you know, all this going on, how do you even balance motherhood business? How do you get things done? Cause I know there's a lot of moms that are so tired. They yeah. don't, they can't get things done and they're stressed. They're yeah. overwhelmed. So what are some things or tips you can give us? Yeah. Okay. I think the best tip I can give you guys is my rubber balls analogy. Okay. So every mom is juggling all these balls all day long. You're juggling, bringing kids to sports. You're juggling being a good wife, being a good daughter, cleaning the house, paying the bills. You're just like juggling these balls all day long. Right. But there's a couple balls that you have that are glass. And if they break, it's going to destroy your life. Those balls are things like your marriage, your children, you know, your relationship with your children and your relationship with Jesus, those balls you're juggling too. And those things, you have to make sure you do not drop those. So that means the other balls are rubber. You can let those, you can just let them go. Let it bounce off of you. You know, laundry, whatever. I'm overwhelmed. Screw it. I don't need to do laundry today. You know, like throw dinner. Okay. Everyone's going to have peanut butter and jelly because I'm going to lose my friggin' mind. I am so tired right now. Mm-hmm. You know, just need to like let things go and focus on what is super duper important. And also I love my business part. I think I'm a mom all day long. And so doing the business stuff for me builds me up, you know? Um, So for me, I'm blessed that way, I guess. Definitely. And, you know, you said something really key right there that I think a lot of moms dismiss is the self-care part because Mm -hmm. you do have to let things go. Taking care of yourself means giving up the laundry if you have to. Like you said, that's a form of self-care. It means- Don't stress yourself out if you think you got to get everything done. No, you don't. You're only one person. It's okay. Go take five minutes. Instead of doing the laundry, go sit in your quiet, in your bathroom if you have to. Take five minutes to yourself to regroup. I think we forget we're so busy doing all the things and trying to get everything done that we forget to be calm. Maybe read a scripture. Bring some peace into your own life. Remember, we have choices. We can stop and bring our own peace in, or we can let the chaos take over. So what are you choosing to do? You know, I I hear it a lot. Women are so busy. And so they have so much going on. I don't have time. I don't have time. But we all do. We all have a choice to make time for ourselves. If if you're lacking, if if you're wanting more peace or more joy. But I want to talk to you about marriage. Cause I don't want to, I want to jump into that because I know that I mentioned, and you said that you have been married to your bestie for 12 years. And I love that you include that as your bestie, because I'm married to my bestie, but marriage is definitely another climb. It's hard. And so many of us want to throw the towel in. If we have one stupid fight, Yes. How have you and your husband kept it solid with the four kids with, you know, two that are on the, yes, it's a lot. Statistically having kids with special needs, 
I think it's like 50% of those people divorce and then divorce rate is already high anyways. Right. So I think, um, for us, the best thing is we always remember that we're on each other's team. Like you have to remember we're on the same team. Like you're not enemies. And so even if you're in a fight, you have to remember, like, he's not against me as far as, you know, like I'm his enemy or anything like that. And then also being really willing to say, I'm sorry on both sides is a really big deal. Um, my husband, though, he's a darling angel in the beginning of our marriage would not say the words, I'm sorry. And he would, and I'd get so frustrated and he'd be like, well, you know, I told you that it was like, uh, like I made a mistake and I'm like, yeah, but you didn't say, I'm sorry. Like, are you sorry? You know, (laughs) um, saying that is a really big deal because it lets the other person forgive you and then boom, you're both united again. And so that's huge. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's my, so I had a very hard time saying, sorry, (laughs) (laughs) it was me, Shannon, but my husband actually taught me how to do that and to do it well. And let me just tell you what a breakthrough. You're so right. Like so many of us, we don't want to say sorry because who does we, that, that means we're admitting we're wrong. Nobody wants to be wrong, but I think when it comes to a healthy marriage or working on your healthy marriage, saying sorry has to be one of the foundational pieces of it. Because if you just go through and you don't think you did anything wrong and you can't apologize, Mm -hmm. and I even learned to say sorry when I'm right. (laughs) Right. Yeah, that's... (laughs) Because most of the time I'm right. I mean, let's be real. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah, I agree. Yeah. But it just, it just takes the sting out. It makes amends, right? It just can heal everything that you just go through with two simple words. I'm sorry, because it just, if you want a happy marriage and you want to make things work, and if you're not saying sorry, you're going to just keep that space opening bigger and bigger and bigger and letting other things come in when you can just be sorry and move on, move forward. Yes. Right. So I love that. that. That's so important. And about marriage, uh, you know, I think, and I want your opinion of this because my mom taught me as a little girl that my husband someday, she would even teach me this before I was married, even when I was dating, that when you get married, your husband has to be first. It has to be God first, your mate, then your kids. Yep. And so for me, and you can speak on this, I want to hear your opinion and thoughts. But for me, that has made my marriage built on solid foundation. I used to put the babies first. And, you know, I think a lot of times we tend to do that as women, we put the kids first, but God tells us the kids are in our care until they're 17, 18, and then they're gone. Then what do you have left? It's you and him alone. And if you're not working and putting each other first and the kids after that, making those date nights, putting each other before anything and everything, you're not going to have a marriage left. And I've seen this happen. It's so awful and sad what can happen when the kids go to college and they're stuck with no relationship because they never worked on it. So what are your thoughts on that? No, I, when you were talking about, um, how you were the one that needed to learn how to say, sorry, I wrote down on my notes. I said, put his needs first. Cause I was going to bring that up next because you're hundred percent correct. 
And I think like you're, yes, going on the date night. Yes. It's so true. And also I think putting them first is like, when you make a decision, you think to yourself, what would so-and-so, you know, how would, what would so-and-so think about this? You know, you're kind of like constantly thinking about their needs and, um, you know, your parents might ask you for dinner. And before you say yes, you should probably ask your husband, you know, just little things like that. Um, but yeah, putting him first is a really big deal. It's a really big deal. And it's hard sometimes, especially when you have newborns, like that's kind of when you want to just throw your husband to the side, but it's still really important. It is because you want to, you got married for a reason. You had the babies together for a reason. And I think so many of us forget and they do, they're wrapped up in the kids' sports and that's great. You want to be there for your children. But I think just if you want to build a healthy, I'm very proud of my marriage and I will say it's a lot of work. My husband and I put the work in, but we put it in together. We make time for each other. It's not, yeah. I don't want to have a roommate. I can have a roommate and I can call a girlfriend and she can have wine and we can watch Netflix. Right. That's not right. what I signed up for. I want a marriage and I want right. a healthy and strong marriage. And the right. only way that can happen is putting each other first and not being selfish. Yes. And that's a whole other podcast we can get into. That's right. <laughs> I love talking about this stuff because, you know, I'm not perfect and I don't want anyone to think I have it all together, but I've been in the other, I've been on the other side where yeah. I was a mess. I almost got a divorce mm. and things were really rocky. I did things wrong, but I like to teach what I've learned along the years and pass it on so others can just maybe try it, try it my way. If your way is not, yeah. I mean, the Bible says for our older women to teach the younger, I mean, it's really important. Like if we've been through something and we're yeah. telling you girls, this is how to handle it. Just trust us. Like <laughs> trust exactly. that that's what, you know, especially when we have our marriages to show for it, you know, we have proof. Yeah. Right. Exactly. And God always being the CEO in the center. Right. I always ever get a triangle analogy about God. Yeah. Tell me, tell me. Okay. So the triangle analogy is that in your marriage, there's, there's a triangle. God is at the top of the point of that triangle. And the closer you are to God, the closer you are to your husband. And it's just, that's always made me think about God being the top of the, you know, the head of the marriage. And then you guys on the sides, that's, it's true. The closer you are to God, the better a wife you're going to be, a better partner you're going to be, because you're able to see where you're falling short. And you're also able to see like, what does God think about you? What does God think about your husband? So yeah, mm. staying in the word, girl, staying in the word. Yes. I love the triangle analogy. That's perfect. It's so good. It's because it just makes so much sense, right? Yes. It does. So Shannon, tell us about your podcast now. What's going on over there? What are you talking about? I know mamas need love and right. give us some um, tips from your podcast. Yeah. So my podcast is really, I wanted to, again, like share love with the moms out there. So I just generally have different guests, different lady guests come on that will share their expertise or encouragement or ways to empower women. Um, you know, and a lot of it is reminding them what God thinks of them. Sure. But I also have like financial advisors on, you know, what I mean? like women need help and all these different things. I also have this cool course, which you have a course too. You need to talk about that, but I'm going to talk about my course too. It's called finding joy in a messy world. And it's all about how you can find that joy that 
pass his understanding when you actually follow God and see what his desire is for your life. And you can find that at mamasneedlove.com. And my podcast is on, you know, you can just stream it everywhere. So yeah. Perfect. Guys, you really should go over and listen to her podcast. Check out her course. I mean, we all need help. We all need love, especially if you're a mama right now and you're in the, the, the chaos of it all. You have little ones running around. You're feeling strung out because you're just so stressed. You know, sometimes you need to have an accountability group, a partner, somebody that's walked in your shoes. And I always say, hire the coach. It is so worth it. I used to do things alone, Shannon, for so long. And if I had just spent the money on getting a coach or taking the course and not put my pride in the way, I would have been that much further ahead. So I'm so into the coaching and the courses. So that's very exciting. Is your course out right now? It's out right now. You can find it at that website. And I don't do coaching like you because I know that you're amazing in what you do, especially, I don't know. I've, I've seen her Instagram guys. It's pretty great, but, um, I do do mentorship or like discipleship phone calls, you know, like, Oh, Shannon, let's talk for an hour about what's going on in my life. Okay, great. I'll, you know, I'll pray with you, that kind of thing. So you can find it at mamasneedlove.com guys. Okay. And so I was going to ask you, is that where if somebody wanted to connect with you, where do they go? That's a good question. I'm on Facebook and Instagram under Mamas Need Love. I also have a Facebook group. Guess what it's called? Mamas Need Love. And you can always come in there. It's just an online virtual community since, you know, COVID's here and none of us can see each other in person. But yeah, you can find me on all of that. And my email address is on my website. Perfect. This has been such a blessing. I'm so excited for, I hope people feel fired up right now and maybe even just in their faith fired up to get fired up in their faith and their marriage and to just know that you're not alone. I think that's what we all need to realize as moms. You're not alone on the journey. We're here. We are here to support you in any way we can. So my last question, Shannon, is what are you climbing towards next, whether it's in your business or your family life? Well, that's a good question. Um, Right now, I'm actually actively working on advocating for myself more. Um, I'm working on praying to God for help more. It's something that, you know, like I get grumpy or angry. I have four kids and a messy house and stressful. And so right now, the thing that I'm really working towards is um, asking God for more help. Yeah, that's my thing. Perfect. You know what? We all have to do that more anyways. Because he'll give us the direction when we ask. And actually, I have this on my desk. I'll read it to you. It's yeah. this, um, It's just this prayer that I had printed, I don't know, 15 years ago. And it says, Aww. Lord, please put the next step in front of me that is most aligned for me in a way that I can see and understand and have the courage and willingness to take. And Ooh. I try to remember to say that because we all need help and we all need to know where we're going in life, what's next yes. for us. And yes. until we ask God and open up to him, he'll show us the way. And sometimes you got to be patient. You got to right. be patient. We got to wait. Sometimes it takes a little bit of waiting. I know like firsthand when I, cause when I was writing my book, it was like, I wanted it to be done in a fast, hot minute. And it took three years. <laughs> so yeah, yeah. 
You know, gotta be patient asking for help, but that's beautiful. But I just want to thank you so much. Do you have any last advice, any, anything else you want to add to close this conversation? Just to remember that you guys are a beautiful and important creation and God loves you all the time. Amen. Yes, he does. Thank you so much for being here today. This conversation was just such a blessing to me. Guys, go follow her. Like I said, go ask her questions. If you have anything, if you love this episode, please screenshot it or or tag us so we know you liked it and send us some love. So thank you, Shannon, so much, girlfriend. It was so good to have you today. And until next week, guys, keep on climbing. And that's a wrap. Thank you so much for being here every week because my goal is to always empower and inspire you so you can keep on climbing even when life gets tough. If you felt blessed today, it would mean the world to me if you subscribe to the show so you never miss an episode. And one of the ways you can help me is if you would leave me a five-star rating and a review. This is really how I can help more people just like you. You can do this right on your podcast app on your phone. It's super easy. It will only take one minute. Also, if you want to be part of my private community on Facebook, head over there to Faith, Fuel, and Fitness, and I'll meet you inside. Or you can even head over to my website, kellytian.com, to get more inspiration and resources to keep you on your own climb. Thank you again and have a healthy and happy week.